What's up, what's up? It's your favorite sex and relationship coach, aka the pussy fairy, Azaria Menezes. So obviously you've landed on the juiciest podcast if you're listening to Getting Intimate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have a pussy or you're a mom or you're in a relationship and you're looking to increase that pleasure and orgasm factor in the bedroom with yourself, with your body or in your relationship, or maybe you just want your pussy wet and your relationships to be the cherry on top of your Sunday sex ice cream, listen to this podcast. I'll be sharing all of my knowledge, all of my ideas, my experiences, and thoughts on this podcast with you so that you can invite new perspectives and way more essential excitement into your life. As always, try anything I say on for size and see what you like and leave the rest. Let's get intimate. Welcome back to another juicy episode of Getting Intimate. Oh my goodness, you are all in for a fucking treat today because Elsa is in the house and Elsa is an experienced advanced astrologer, okay, certified clairvoyant, seer, energy healer, and spiritual mentor. Elsa is also a startup founder on a mission to end unplanned pregnancies and hormonal suffering and promote conscious conception. Yes, we have a bad bitch in the house. Hello, Elsa. Hello. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me, Azaria. My goodness. I'm so excited to talk about all things fertility cycles and the hidden ovulation, like when I saw the topic, I was like, holy shit, this sounds so amazing. What is this all about? (laughs) I want to know more. Okay. Yeah. Let's jump right in. So there is a hidden ovulation that women have that actually is a fixed ovulation. It occurs at the same phase of the moon that they were born under. And that makes it tricky for science to like track or find, um, if they're not actually looking at it through a lens of an astrology. So what does that actually mean? Uh, it was discovered in 1959 by a man named Eugene Jonas, and he was a gynecologist and astrologer, and he was on a mission to help women figure out how to make family planning actually work. I don't know if you know people that use family planning, but I come from a gigantic Catholic family that use family planning and ended up with oftentimes four to six more kids than they wanted to have. Mm, Right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a science to it. When I was planning for my Second one, prior to that, I was just using my like temperature to measure my temperature every morning. And it worked great for two years. There's obviously a lot of things that can affect your temperature if you had like a bad sleep or things like that. Right. So yeah, your temperature is regulated by your hormones as are so many things in the body. And I'm fairly certain that this lunar ovulation is not connected to the hormonal cycle at all. I found out because I got pregnant on the second day of my period when I was being so, so careful. So, so on top of my fertility tracking. And um, I didn't know that that was possible. I knew you could get pregnant outside the window of ovulation that they suggest. And then a doctor will just call that an unexplained pregnancy, but they happen way too often for it to be like, hey, why aren't we actually looking into this here? But as you can tell in this country, women's health is like the very last thing that is 
given money for science research is taken it's not taken very seriously considered more of a business for money than anything and you know we have an epidemic of women that go to their doctors and they're dismissed with whatever they're talking about and i'm sure the same has happened if women have gone and been like what about this lunar ovulation i heard about i'm sure doctors have dismissed it Totally. And I can, I can see how that would be something that could be so easily dismissed in like the medical community. So I guess as a person who doesn't know anything about this, what, like how, where would I start? Like, what, what is the information that I need to learn more about it? Or like, what do you need from a person coming to you to find out more about their fertility cycles and hidden ovulation? Well, when I do a fertility session with a client, it's typically like we're looking to find all their dates of lunar ovulation. And we're also looking to see in the chart, the indicators that have to do with sex and pregnancy. And there are, there's a house that um, rules pregnancy in astrology charts. And I've seen it time and time again, where that, if that house is activated by transit or by transit to the ruling planet of that house, you end up with a time where not every time that that happens, you get pregnant, but every time that somebody gets pregnant, that is happening. Two layers of prediction there. So then I help women find their their lunar ovulation fertility dates by looking at their birth data and figuring out the phase of the moon that they were born in. And then finding that phase of the moon again and assuming that there's a two to three day window at that time, every month when the moon returns to that phase, um, where they're going to be pregnant. So, and to give you some more information, I found out about this in 2013 when I became unexpectedly pregnant and a friend sent me an article. It was by an Australian midwife who was writing about it. And at the time I could only find this information on the internet in three places. Oh, wow. yeah, it was, it's pretty well hidden. Um, I know there are a lot more articles now and there's even some interesting like bloggers that have tried to be like, I can't find anything about this. It must be bunk. So right. you'll find stuff on the internet that says like, there's no science behind it. Well, that's because there's no money to study it right. until funds are allocated for the proper research. Until that happens, it's not going to be taken seriously. Which, of course, you know, you want to have more research on that and you want to study it more. You are seeing kind of those overlaps. It's there is something to it. Right. And we are we are cyclical beings. And so I guess my question is for somebody who doesn't really know anything about astrology, like other than, oh, my gosh, I'm just seeing like my weekly horoscope in the newspaper, (laughs) right? Like something completely different. So what is it that you would share with somebody who doesn't know anything about astrology? Yeah. Yeah. Or you could be like me when I was in college and I was studying philosophy and logic and I was the tutor and I thought that those things must be preposterous and I tried to prove them wrong using logic and ended up um, discovering that there was way more to it. So if you're in a position where you, you don't believe in astrology or you just really aren't familiar with anything more than just basic pop horoscope astrology. Yeah. I would say first consider like the moon affects everything. There's so many statistics that talk about like more accidents, higher emergency room visits, 
uh, more births, particularly of boys, all of those things happen at the full moon. You can watch animals mate and sleep and eat with lunar cycles. The moon controls the tides. There's electromagnetic field out there that is our greater environment and the planets carry frequencies with them. They carry frequencies that are also changed by the stars that they align with from the perspective of the earth, if you were looking out. And there's a whole lot more going on in our day-to-day in the very minute to the very large that centers around astrology. So if you're open to it and you're curious, I would suggest that somebody go online, find a free chart maker, figure out what, or you can maybe even Google phase of the moon on the day that you were born. And once you do that, you can start to track that phase again. Like for example, I was born two days before the new moon. So that's considered the balsamic moon phase. And I have noticed since I've been tracking this in 2013, that I'll have a little extra ovulation fluid around those days. Even if I have my period, it'll be mixed with my menstrual blood. And I'll be like, okay, my lunar ovulation is happening. And I'll notice ovulation-like oh, symptoms. Oh, oh my gosh. I literally had this, this cycle and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I think it was like a couple of days right before, no, like one or two days before my period. And I was like, this better not mean my ovulation happening super fucking late because that means I'm getting my period in two more weeks when it's already like day 31. And then it came the next day and I was like, that's so weird, but whatever. And I just kind of like ignored it. And now that you're saying that I'm like, Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. I would bet you that it's your lunar ovulation because you know, here's the way that I look at it from the perspective of an astrologer who's been considering astrology from a philosophical perspective for a very long time. I've been doing this for 20 years. Your birth was the most biochemical, bioelectric, alive time. Like birth is, if you were to measure the energies that come off the human body during the time that you're born, you are, it is like off the charts at that time. There is serious like spiritual magic going on and energetic magic happening like heightened experience so you're marked with you're marked with this like blueprint of the universe the moment that you are born whether that's a c-section or a um, natural birth or anything else like anything that happens the time that you enter into the realm where you have to breathe for yourself outside of the womb or even if you're hooked up to an incubator, it doesn't matter right. that birth time, that birth time marks you in a very specific way. And our bodies remember that our bodies are somatic geniuses. They remember everything. They remember yes. things that we can't even remember. Like, I think the science says that at least in mice, it's 14 generations of memory through epigenetic. Absolutely. There's so much that our body can hold in terms of memory. Totally. So that means, you know, our, our, as women, our bodies remember specifically the relationship with the moon and the sun at the time that we're born and it can spontaneously drop an egg. I don't know. I can't tell you the science if it happens every month, but right. I do think there's something about conscious conception where if you have the intention and you're working with it, it can absolutely happen. Yeah. Cause like, why not give it a go? There's only something that you could gain by trying, I guess. It's just like not being fixated on that exact day of your 
ovulation and maybe just having an, another possible opportunity to increase your likelihood of conception. Yeah, I would say that that's accurate. And I would say, I mean, I just helped a family member figure out all of her stuff and she was having sex on both of the times, but she was having a really hard time getting pregnant before we sat down and I gave her all her ovulation dates and it, it only took another six or seven weeks and she was pregnant. She hit me up and she's like, I'm pregnant now. And I'm like, that's great. And I, I posted on social media, something about this. And I got the typical, how could this be? I'm cognitive dissonance responses. And, and like, I would know about this. From what I know as a sex coach and from my own conception journey, it was everything that I knew from the textbooks and what I learned in sex education and what I've learned from coaching and all of that stuff. It's, it was so incredible to then see what you shared around this, because I was like, wow, like this is something that I have no clue about. And this is something that could totally expand the horizons of what I know to be true for me in this moment. And there's so much possibility out there that I think it's, it's really exciting to, to know all of, all of the options and to know, like, kind of an energetic almost right experience of what your body could be going through because we are all energetic beings. And sometimes the things that we think are coincidences, if we have that like additional layer of knowledge, right. Not just like the physical, like science, da, 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 like not even science, but like what we know so far and what science has offered us. Right. It's like adding that extra layer of knowledge and expansion and even just like an energetic knowing can be so, so, so helpful because it can, it can just give you insight on like, Oh, those are those times that I was kind of questioning what's going on. But then I was like, no, this can't be true because of what I know and what I've learned. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really incredible to, to have this conversation because I think that yeah, it's, it's so fascinating to play with this idea of fertility cycles and hidden ovulation. Okay. So the phases of the moon, is that what dictates ovulation? It is. Okay. Yes. So, um, like I said, I was born under a balsamic moon and I can see what does that mean? balsamic is the very last phase before the new moon. It's like the two or three days before the moon is connected to the sun and we get a new moon and starts a new lunar cycle. Do you know like all the phases off by heart? I'm sure there's like so many, but, <laughs> um, I mean, it's a little bit different dial or like different, um, Yeah. For example, in astrology, it would be like the new moon. Then you'd have a sextile when it's 60 degrees. Then you'd have a square when it's 90 degrees. Um, And then an opposition is the full moon. And then you get another square on the waning side and another sextile on the waning side and then trines as well. But in the traditional, like more the um, vernacular dialect, I think I'm saying that right is the new moon, the waxing crescent, the first quarter, which is the square, waxing gibbous, the full moon, and then um, a waning gibbous, a third quarter, a waning crescent, which is another name for balsamic, which I keep using, and then the new moon Uh, again. Or sometimes the new moon is called the dark moon. Okay, cool. So you were born on... The balsamic or the waning crescent waning crescent okay so that would mean technically that your ovulation would align possibly with the waning crescent in the so, like the cycle of the month is that 
Yes, but it's but to be really clear, my other ovulation does not always align with that. Sometimes I'm ovulating from the moon during my period. Sometimes both ovulations line up as you know, your cycle moves around. Sometimes they're close enough that it's not that big of a difference. Sometimes though, it's a really big difference. Cause if you think, Oh, you know, it's the second day of my period, there's no way I'll get pregnant. Yeah. But then you're not tracking this stuff. You could potentially end up pregnant. Oh, and so it's obviously always changing all the time. Well, the moon one is fixed. It's going to be every 28 days from the time that you start ovulating. Your body remembers 28 days uh, for the moon cycle. So that's fixed. But your other ovulation, you know, hormonal changes, stress, being around other women, Mm -hmm. um, medications or drugs can all those things can really change your flow of your cycle if you took plan b that can really mess up your cycle for a while i guess if you are on your conception journey your conscious conception journey what are things that you should be looking out for when we think about like how we want to conceive and maybe we're thinking about our little ones like astrology or we're thinking about when would be Uh, yeah that kind of stuff okay so here's the thing that I I kind of have to laugh because (laughs) it's like that joke like you want to make God or the universe laugh make a plan oh yeah yeah humans love to believe that we can control things mm-hmm. and really we can't what we can do though. And I can say from my own experience around getting pregnant, I did want to, like, I was having conversations with that partner about like, would we like a family? And, um, you know, I think your body knows your intentions and your intentions come through your thoughts and signals and the behaviors that you exhibit. And, um, if you're consciously like, yeah, I'm a yes to having a baby, but even if you're like, but not right now, <laughs> the universe right. is going to get the yes signal much stronger than the part of you trying to control it. And it's like, I tell people who are frustrated with not being able to conceive, it's like, first you have to like care for your body. You have to balance your hormones. It's one of the most important things if you plan to conceive. Second, you need to you need to not approach it like a job or a thing that you control or constrain. You need to be in like light, buoyant emotions around it. Like this is my intention. I would really like if this would happen. Please, universe, talk to your body. Please, body, I would love to get healthy and get pregnant. Like these are things that people they're so simple, but but we're not like taught to think about it this way. Right. And so, you know, that setting that intention and then also surrendering it. Like if you're sitting there counting the days and you're kind of stressed, like every day, like how many days will I know until I'm pregnant? It's you're kind of getting in your own way energetically. Like, I mean, Bruce Lipton's work talks about how cells respond to thoughts and well, signals, toxins, and nutrients. And essentially you want to give your body the best amount of nutrients. You want to eliminate all toxins, especially if they're endocrine disruptors, like in your household products or your diet, Um, even things in like your laundry uh, detergent and your makeup. Uh, And then you want to give it the signals of like what you want 
and reduce the signals of like worry and stress. And this will never happen to me because our stories are really powerful. Yes, absolutely. So that's what, that's kind of the advice that I've given people that have come to me looking for answers on like, what am I doing wrong is usually their big question. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like there, it almost maybe feels like they're missing some type of piece here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will say also, since I have this astrology lens that I've, I look at the world through, there are transits like Saturn transit, the fifth house can make it difficult to conceive for a year, year and a half. And I've seen that as well, but that's the nature of Saturn. It's asking for patience and it's bringing restriction and delays and responsibility. And sometimes if it's in that house of sex and pregnancy, that just is what you're going to experience. If you push really hard against that, you're going to be extra disappointed. If you know that, okay, this is what's happening I'll like keep my intention, but I'll keep moving forward and, you know, just kind of like surrender to the, you know, outcomes, surrender, uh, attachment outcome is a really important piece for manifesting anything really. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Are there things that could make it easier as well? Cause you talked about like the Saturn. So it's in the personal chart more than the lunar cycles. It's like, okay. Uh, it's like when you have a birth chart, it has, and you're looking at it, it's got 12 houses. It's got the earth in the center. There's a horizon. You can tell where the Eastern horizon and the Western horizon is. And then all the planets fall into the 12 houses somewhere, but they're located by the degree of sky that they're in, which is then characterized by the Zodiac sign that fills that sky. When you're looking at that chart, it becomes like a beautiful cosmic compass. And essentially you're navigating through this GPS that is dialed into like, it's like a clock with like a hand for every planet and the moon and the sun. And then it's moving through different areas of your life, activating things. And then it's also activating things by geometry. So um, you asked what could potentially be like helpful yeah mm-hmm. anytime that there's um jupiter or saturn aspects to the fifth house cusp that where saturn is not also in the fifth house cusp or sorry in the fifth house you could potentially get pregnant these are also times that we feel more armorous towards our partners where if we're single we look out and look for lovers and we really want love and it's a different thing than um the house cusp that rules relationships Typically, we, you know, crave partnership more when we have planets that are activating the seventh house cusp. So that's why sex and relationship are not necessarily as connected as in our society, you know, as maybe one would hope for in an ideal situation. If I'm looking at my chart, I guess it's really focused on like the houses and the planets rather than like the the main sun sign or moon sign or anything like that. Right. Yes. Like we're not looking at any of that. That's, this is, this is, that's why I say advanced astrology because I'm using prediction techniques that work that are ancient, that are house specific and very just different than the kind of information that's delivered. Like if you're a fan of maybe like Chani Nicholas and listen to her podcast, her weekly stuff, she'll actually talk about the planets that are transiting. And there's like a community horoscope energy to that. But then everybody has their own personal 
astrology that's going on in their chart. And I don't use whole house system for this reason, because I've found that timing is very precise when you use the house cusps that were um, unique to your chart. Okay. So if somebody comes to you and they are on their conscious conception journey, does it look like for you that you would offer them like a few dates and knowledge around when their lunar ovulation is, and then they can go on there? Or can you actually like look at a time frame or kind of like a timeline of when that could possibly be the juiciest time? <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely offer the juiciest times for my clients. Um, I We look at uh, very specific to their chart uh, when there are like windows that are very active astrologically where it could be beneficial to get pregnant. And I also do that. I also help them figure out all their lunar ovulation dates if that's their intention. Um, I've also had people come to me and say, you know, I keep getting pregnant. What's going on? And I help them figure out that because, you know, part of conscious conception, practicing conscious conception is also practicing consciously not getting pregnant if that's not your intention. Absolutely. Yes. That's so true. Ooh, okay. A question for me popped up. Does this apply to everyone or does it just apply to ovary owners? And like, how does like Um, menopause or anything like that, like play into it? Okay. So (laughs) let's see. Okay. First, I have a couple of different ways to answer that. The charting of seeing pregnancy can be seen in both men's and women's charts. Um, Wow. Mm-hmm. You can see when a man um, might potentially get a woman pregnant um, or become a father. Second way to answer that. So I think that our body, once it's done producing eggs for women, or if let's say you tied your tubes or had your ovaries removed for some reason. Um, right. I mean, as long as that's intact and you're still on your body is still willing to release eggs. I think that the lunar ovulation does happen for everyone. That would be my theory. And that was Eugene Jonas's theory. And he had a, uh, like a clinical setting where he was charting a lot of different women's lunar conceptions and he was helping women to get pregnant or not get pregnant. And he had a really high success rate. This was in the sixties though. I, I don't know how, how it's been so long and this didn't be, I mean, I do know people's attitudes towards astrology are very much changing in the last few years and the last 20 years prior to that, it was considered a pseudoscience. It's dismissed so easily. So I guess I do know how, but, but yeah, yeah, so it's my my understanding and my theory that like, it's not connected to the hormonal ovulation. Uh, There's no hormonal indicators that are tied to it except for which not hormonal based, but potentially ovulation fluid happening. I believe it could happen for everybody unless your body is not hormonally imbalanced in a position where it could create and maintain pregnancy. And I believe that it would end, you know, when your, your body has decided that it's done with that period of its life. Okay. I love this. Would it be like something that you do? Like when somebody comes to you, do you look at like the couples chart together I have a relationship roadmap reading set up so that 
if somebody wants a full relationship reading and that's one of the topics, then yes, we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at both people's charts. And then I also look at what's called a progress composite chart, which essentially is like, ma- like you mathematically combine both charts for both people, find a median and then progress it forward logarithmically to today's tape to see what's happening. That's another place where I've seen it. Like I've checked this over and over again for the last nine years now. And there are certain indicators in the progress chart for the couple that indicate pregnancy as well. One of them being like the progressed moon conjunct the midhaven. And I know that in my experience and in not every experience, but I know that that has, I've seen that as a marker several times. It was also the case in my experience. But sometimes I have just a woman come visit me and we'll just focus on her chart and give her uh, the information that's relevant to her. It kind of depends on what my client wants. And, you know, as we know now that fertility is, is it takes two, you need a healthy egg and a healthy sperm. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of men that are, you know, experiencing uh, decline in their fertility because of stress and diet and environmental toxins and all sorts of things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So sometimes like if we're like, why isn't this happening? We might check to see, you know, does the man have some, something that's adverse from either the natal chart or the transits for right now that right. is preventing it. And then, you know, the next question after that is like, has he been tested for his own fertility, but that's outside my scope. Wow. I love that. There's just like another option of looking at things because I think that, yeah, with the options there are out there today, I think if that's something that you really want to explore the conscious conception and you really want to go deeper into your fertility cycles and even learn more about hidden ovulation, it's like a beautiful thing to explore to just like get some insight on like, Ooh, what else could be happening here? Like, how can we optimize our fertility journey or vice versa, the opposite? Like, how can we, (laughs) right? Like really nail down, not conceiving. I have something about to share about that as well. Oh, yes, please. There is a plant called Queen Anne's Lace and it is traditionally used to prevent pregnancy and the way that it works um again it's con- it's like use it with intention to all the plant what you want and then you take it only as needed it um it causes the uterine lining to become slippery so that even if an egg were to become fertilized it cannot stay attached so that is you know without upsetting the federal food and drug administration, the FDA, not upsetting the FDA. I think that's as much as I can really say about that, except for that in my own experience, it has worked well. Ooh, is this something that like somebody can find in their yard or is it like something? I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, It does grow across the country, which in, and it's, it grows in such high quantities. And I believe that's the earth speaking to us like, Hey, don't have, we got this right here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So have to be really careful though, because there are poisonous lookalikes like poisonous hemlock. It looks and there are enough lookalikes that you need to be able to identify Queen Anne's lace without a doubt. And then the tincture making process is, you know, it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
So there's that to consider as well. There are a few sources I've found and I also make an organic Queen Anne's lace tincture. Ooh, amazing. I love this. You know what? I'm always a really big fan of like just leaving the things to the professionals. (laughs) Just like mushroom picking. Like I have no time to go pick any type of mushroom in the forest. I'm not about to die. So (laughs) I'll just leave it to the professional mushroom pickers to get me the mushrooms that I want. And like, so I can like fry them up and make like a delicious risotto without waking up in a coffin, possibly not waking up, you know? So (laughs) that's really important to know. Can I eat this? Yeah. My body. Right. And that's why, that's why there's amazing sources and like things that, you know, professionals offer even just as yourself. Okay. Like I know what I'm looking for. This is it. This is where you can get it. So like full disclaimer for anyone listening on here. Okay. Unless you're like (laughs) an herbalist or anything like that. Um, this is just some beautiful information for you to know. And yeah, that's so, so incredible. And so I guess like with, with combination in combination with, understanding your hidden ovulation and your fertility cycles to really find like, just like almost optimize, right. Your, your body, your cycle, your fertility journey, your conscious conception journey, your, um, non-conception journey. How, (laughs) like, how do, how do people find you? How, how would we work on that? Like if I wanted to kind of embark on this journey, how would I find you and how would I reach you? Well, the best place to reach me is my website. It's www.cosmicfox.co, just the CO. Um, I'm also on socials, connect. It's at connect.cosmicfox for IG and Elsa Marie on Facebook. Amazing. And do you have any like juicy, juicy offerings or anything like that? Because I guess like if I wanted to start this, like, what do I, what would I start with? Would I just reach out to you and then look at your offerings or is there like some type of entry thing that you have? Cause like, if I don't know anything about it, I guess. Yeah. Just wondering so I'm glad you asked. So a lot of people reach out to me, just like telling me their situations and then we go from there. But I also have set up a free discovery call for 15 minutes just to like meet and greet and decide if we want to work together any further or what our options are. Ooh, juicy, juicy. I love this. Oh my goodness. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on the podcast today and just sharing this incredible wisdom, because I think it's something that I've never heard about before and I I haven't heard anyone else speak about it. And so I love loved, loved, loved having this beautiful opportunity to learn about it today because it's, it's something that I've never, I've never taken into account and never heard about. And I, yeah, it's, it's so, so, so exciting to know that there's so much more possibility out there and just like coming back to this wisdom of our bodies and the earth and just like those little coincidences that are, that we think are just so random have a possible explanation. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely do. And it is an exciting time. I actually hope um, with my startup to get some research funding to set up clinical trials and tests that can help prove this kind of stuff. Um, But I'm in the middle of a journey of uh, learning how to apply for grants for the government. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, someone has to bring this type of information to women and somebody needs to elevate and 
women's uh, reproductive health like center stage without making the purpose for controlling women's bodies, but for actually, you know, helping all the women kind of get in alignment with their goals for fertility and live their healthiest life so that we can enjoy our partnerships and our sex and health really. Fuck yes to that. Yes, yes, yes. Just like really empowering our bodies and the knowledge. And I'm so excited to see your journey in this and just see how you bring this fucking magic to the world. Thank you so much for being here. And everyone go follow Elsa for some fucking conception and hidden ovulation, fertility cycles, magic. Thank you so much, Asari. It's been a pleasure to be on your podcast. And that's a wrap on another episode of Getting Intimate. I hope you got exactly what you needed today in this podcast and that you can find more ways to bring more juicy connection to yourself, your relationships, your body, and your sexuality. I hope you're feeling inspired. And I want you to remember, take what feels really yummy and ditch the rest. Everything I'm offering on this podcast is in service of your greatest pleasure and thriving. And as the Pussy Fairy, it's my duty to bring you more exquisite pleasure. If you want to get in touch, come find me on my website at www.azariamenezes.com. And I have tons of ways you can work with me. You can say hi or you can even ask a question. I would be so happy to hear from you. You can also subscribe to my email for a juicy gift and come find me on Instagram at azaria.menezes. Either way, I'm sending you all the juicy vibes for your week ahead.